Thanks for joining the Golf Underground. Now, the Golf Underground is made possible by Mariner Wealth, helping you navigate your financial future. Star Companies KC. Experience a more energy-efficient and comfortable home with Star's insulation services. Cowell Insurance, providing brokerage and risk management services for over 25 years. Sano Orthopedics, care plans backed by research and clinical results, tailored perfectly to individuals' needs. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good and feeling good. Lewisburg Ford, nobody sells more F-150s than Lewisburg Ford. And Celebrity Greens, put a custom PGA caliber putting green in your backyard for the ultimate golf experience. Now, on to the program. ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth Advisors, helping you navigate your financial future. Hey, welcome to Golf Underground ESPN Radio here back in the not stable again. We are in the um, we are hiding out in some corporate village and we can't tell the, uh, the listeners where we are because technically we're not supposed to be here. But that's why we call it the Golf Underground, Kevin. <laughs> that is. That's why it's the Golf Underground. That's right. Well, listen, you and I are taking um, we're taking a gloomy Saturday and we're turning it into something very fun. And, you know, I'm a little excited because, like our guest, I will be in Florida this time tomorrow, okay? And so I'm You'll be a, there in 12 hours, bud. I'll be there in 12 hours, right? Maybe. Is our guest picking you up at the airport? You guys going to oh, play tomorrow morning? She's got better things to do than, than pick me up, right? Now, it, it, maybe, if I, maybe if it was you, you know, a good golfer, but she doesn't hang out with mopes like me. I've been she watching is. her move on Instagram. It's pretty good. I gotta, I'll throw in a couple things that I think she should add to what she's working on, but her move looks pretty good. Oh, really? Like, so you're telling me you're going to coach our guest? I mean, are you that arrogant? Well, we, I'm not that arrogant, but we're going to talk about it a little bit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, listen, we're having a great time here today. Uh, Lisa Cornwell, if any of you have seen Golf Central or are a golf fan in general, you know Lisa. She, um, she's she been, uh, first of all, um, Lisa, before I get into the uh, you know more formal bio, um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. And look, my buddy Trip Eisenhower would tell you that I'm a swing whore, and I mean, I'll take any any. So, oh, we are right. doing this. There goes 29 minutes yeah. of this program between you two nerds. <laughs> you know right, what? We should have done this. We should have done this over video, and then I would have had her in the positions we oh, want, you know, but she didn't want to do video. We'll do that after. All right, we'll perfect. Hey, listen. So you can send me that now. We'll talk about it, and, you know, we'll, we'll do the after party on our own. Yeah. So, um, by the way, I don't think you need any advice from Kevin because um, you, my friend, um, Arkansas Razorback, I had big plans for this interview today um, because my daughter's on the dance team at the University of Missouri. And, um, oh, you know, as the okay. game was going down last night, as your Razorbacks were taken down the Missouri Tigers, I was I was a little um, I was upset because I was just going to come bring it to you today. All right. I was yeah. going to stick it in your face and I was going to be a little aggressive <laughs> with it. And, and you know, you, you won. And so so if, if there's anything you want to say, feel free. OK. <laughs> well, look, I, I'm glad that we won this one because the last time Arkansas Missouri played was the Bud Walton um, about a month ago. And you guys. You guys beat us, and so this is this is sweet revenge. So um, this is a good win. You know, I can't believe how great my team's playing. Oh, they're unbelievable! I'll tell you what they they've got a chance to go deep in the tournament. I believe. Yeah, Musselman's a great coach. I mean, it's just it's it's so much fun. I grew up, you know, in the Nolan Richardson days, and so I was a huge basketball fan. Um, 
back then. Men's and women played Gary Blair for the women and, and Nolan. And it was just basketball was bigger than football at that time. And you guys being uh, yeah. in the heart of where you are, I guess, am I not supposed to say it? I don't know. I feel like I almost did something. But you understand how big basketball was back then. There's been a shift in college football, but. Uh, this has been fun for me. It's sort of bringing back some of the glory days. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of glory days, so Kevin here is a big University of Kansas fan. And, um, you know, I, too, was a Kansas fan until I stroked that first check to the University of Missouri. And, I, you know, I, I had to come on. Over. But I will tell you, one of the greatest days was back in 1990. And it was uh, when Kansas played Arkansas and your boy Nolan. It was a wonderful game yeah. to get into the Final Four. And, and um I didn't plan on bringing up bad memories for you on that one, but um, yeah, I needed it. I needed something, some trump card over you. But but listen, um, it, it is an honor to have you on here. And as much as we think Kevin is, can fix your golf swing, it's really hard to um, um, do much with someone who was an All American three times this year. Um, congratulations, um, Arkansas Hall of Fame! How big is that? <laughs> I joke with everybody. It, it just, it, I think it means that I'm getting older. And, <laughs> you know, you don't hear young people going, hey, I just got in the Hall of Fame, right? So, right. right. Uh, no, it's great. I mean, obviously, I'm a very proud Arkansan. And to be recognized um, in the state is, is really, it's an honor. And I think it's, it's not just great for me and all the hard work that I know my parents. It's really special for them to be able to you know, go around and, and brag about it again. My dad can go back and talk, you know, the old story mm-hmm. of my junior and amateur golf day. So it's fun for him. But no, it's, it, it really is a great humbling on. Now, how did you get to that point? Obviously, you grew up in Fayetteville. Um, and you started golf at a very young age. No doubt you had the support of, of your folks. But take us back a little bit. Because you know, there's a lot of juniors who start golf, but very few, you know, become um, athlete of the year in their state. Uh, I mean, you, you know, without totally brown nosing you, your resume is off the charts, but it started somewhere. <laughs> so, so, so take us back to Fayetteville, the early days on the moon. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, they were early days. Um, I just loved it. I mean, I loved golf. I loved ever. I grew up in this little neighborhood and this group of boys and a couple of the girls, and we all just, we played every sport that there was, but unlike them, I sort of had this, connection with golf because my parents were members at a small club there in Fayetteville and they had a great junior golf program. In fact, the man who started me up playing, Dave Malone, ended up leaving to go to Kansas and ended up in Nebraska. But um, I just loved it. And it was one of those things, I I guess maybe I have an an addictive personality. I was addicted to golf. And I don't know, it was so different from everything else that I did because I play all team sports. And then just being able to go out there and work on this on my own. I mean, I became a range rat and I was there morning until night and just loved it. You know, like a lot of kids growing up, but you're right. I mean, I was fortunate back then. I got really involved in state golf as a junior and then started playing some AJGA and having success. And it just, it sort of took off from there. And yeah, I can't believe how long it's been, but boy, those were some great years. You know, I still see a lot of my friends out there. We grew up and, playing golf together and obviously have all gone our different ways but I feel very fortunate to have experienced what I did and you know the game the game has been been very good to me I mean there are a lot of things about the game I would like to change now that I'm involved in a different way but 
it's been such a huge, huge part of my life, obviously. Hey, so Lisa, what would you say? You know, I've got two daughters. I've got a son. We live about 80 yards from a driving range. <laughs> and I had this, this, you know, the parental challenge of, my gosh, I love this game so much. Come on, let's, at a very young age, come on, kids, let's go up. Let's hit balls. Let's get on the putting green. Let's have a blast. And they weren't really that interested. Now, just so I, my son went on and became an All-American lacrosse player, likes the team sports. That's all great. Now he understands that he's graduating from Arizona, or University, or Arizona State. Now he understands how much he missed. My two daughters, I tried the exact same thing. What advice would you give a dad like me? Because you don't want to be that pushy, jerky dad. Like, come on, kid, you're going to go make your putts, right? Hey, what do you do? I mean, how do we grow the game? Because ultimately, that's what this thing is all about, is, is get, get the enjoyment in the minds of these young kids so they, too, can evangelize it, because it's meant so much to all of us. I think you've, you've done what you could do. You introduce them to it. And, look, there are a lot of things now with top golf that I think intrigue young players and even people who never play, you know, high school kids can have a party there and not even play golf. And maybe that will pique their interest. But you can't push them. Nobody ever pushed me. My dad or mom never said, Hey, you have to go practice. I'm begging them to go practice. But I have, I have a sister who's, she just, I mean, thank goodness she won't listen to this probably because she's (laughs) like, you know, Lisa talking golf is not a sports person. I mean, she grew up playing on the same junior golf program that I did. But then her interest changed, and she never was. She never wanted to practice. I think she just did it because they would give you a free golf ball every time you played, and mm-hmm. usually you could pick your own color, and she would pick the pink ball. So um, well, you introduce them to it, and if they like it, great. If not, I mean, not everybody has to be a Division one college golfer. I mean, right. just even having a little bit of introduction and knowledge of the game, and then maybe if your son or daughter later on wants to wants to pursue it and it's something that can help his or her career or just something to do with your friends it's just you know we hear it all the time but the older we get we all know how true it is it's really such a great game that you can play your whole life and and with people who you're really close with so lisa this is kevin so when you you mentioned that you there's some things about the game you would change now that you're kind of on the other side of the game what what would those things be well, I mean, it's just still really white, isn't it? I mean, it. I just, I want to see, I, I say this all the time and I mean it. I would love to turn on one day and see see a guy with a mohawk and tattoos playing on the PGA <laughs> Tour. I mean, we have some of this. Look, Ken Smith tried to do, do it with the mullet, but that's not working, right? <laughs> well, what about Andres Gonzalez? He's got some nice handlebar mustache going. There you go. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> see, I like that. I mean, but, but just more. I mean, even, you know, when the whole hoodie thing happened, and golf's like, oh, my gosh, you cannot wear a hoodie. It's so silly, right? I mean, golf needs to really loosen up. And I, I think that with younger people getting in leadership roles that these things eventually evolve. So I do have hope, but I just, I want to see more color in the game. I want to see more diversity in the game. I want to see just anything that you can do to just not to make it this whole country club. And it has changed. Um, but I think that it still has a long way to go. Yeah. Well, and, and, it just goes and back- it's expensive. It's an expensive game too. And, um, and I think the first key has really helped in, in terms of that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It totally. those, those types of things where we can really open the game up to people who may not have opportunities, may not be able to afford it. And 
just to make it a little bit cooler. Tiger has done a great job. Now somebody else needs to sort of lead that charge and really and, and really do that. Who do you think that next guy is? You know, not to be Tiger, but to be add a little creativity and personality because the ultimate goal, as we mentioned, is to get the game into the, the minds of more kids. And to your point, uh, cool sells right now. Old and stiff doesn't really sell, right? <laughs> right, right. So exactly who's right. who's the next who's the next guy or gal coming up who who you know they'll push the envelope a little bit, make it a little fun, and 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 maybe when uh, you know my daughter is walking through the kitchen and sees dad watching golf, so what's this all about, right? Is there anyone out there or or not? I don't know. I think we just have to create him or her in in our minds and see. Um, a lot of people have flair, but the game is sort of restricted it a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but Johnny Manziel's trying to play golf. I don't know if he's the person, but um, I don't know. I have this person pictured pictured in my in my mind. I guess, but I think that it will happen. I think that this younger generation, they're they certainly have a lot more flair and flavor um, than than my generation had. So I look forward to being a, an observer of watching the game, for lack of a better word, just get cooler, just get just sort of letting down the old guard and, and kind of welcoming other ideas, tattoos, sleeves, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> all these things. I mean, we're still operating most golf courses in places where you have to wear a collar. Yep. You know, it's, yep. I don't know. It's all silly. To me. What What do you think the women's game needs to become, to grow and be be more popular? Aggressive. I mean, look, and maybe it's because I'm fiery. When I played golf, I was always fiery. The women are so calm, cool, and collected. Sometimes I'm like, "Can you just get mad when mm-hmm. you break a club? Mm-hmm. Well, snap it over your knee." I mean, I I hate to say that I like that stuff. Yeah, but I like that stuff. I mean, I do. It's but you're, you're looked down so much if you do it. And look, I get that there's a certain, you can't just go over there and just start banging things and look like an idiot. But we've all seen Henrik Stinson just take an iron and snap it over his knee. And whether you do it inwardly or outwardly, you're like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it. I do, I'm definitely something I'm going to rewind and watch. Hey, what do you think, of, what do you think of um, adding like hockey fights? Like just full blown, you know, guy maybe, you know, maybe breaks a little rule. You pick up on it and just go over and slam him. Like pull the golf shirt over his head, pop his collar a little bit. I think that it maybe increases viewership. Well, that I have not thought about that. See, you're not pushing the envelope enough, Lisa. I'm really not. Maybe I'm too concerned. That's what I'm saying. Really trying to needle but you're thinking now That's okay. right i mean let's push it way <laughs> right. out there we can always pull it back right but if we yeah. don't push the envelope yeah. well, you know what T- 10 years from now we're going to be having this conversation we're going to be even more stodgy yeah. than we are right now okay we'll go a little wwe um, okay that's what i'm, I'm saying in. i'm pretty sure there's some guys and gals on their respective tours that don't get along with each other i'm sure that they'd love to take a crack at you know a player or two <laughs> There's yeah, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> hey, well, so so as long as we're on the topic, if if you um, if let's say this fight broke out, um, you put Br- Br- uh, or Kepka against uh, Deschambeau, who wins? Oh, Kepka. Oh, come, come clean. Tell me more. Uh, Why? Because I mean, that you didn't even have to think about that. Why? No. Uh, uh. 
kept his like a street fighter. No, I think he would. I don't even think it'd be a contest. Really? I think DeChambeau would have to like calculate which way he's punching. <laughs> oh, get out of so get true. out of calculator. I mean, look, I like Bryson, but sure. no, that's sure. No, no, that's a that's a, that's a fair analysis, right? They're right. Yeah, he'd think through it, and meanwhile, he'd have a bloody lip. You think I, Bryson would plumb bob his punch? <laughs> yeah i've never seen a punch plumb bob but that could be a first no yeah that that would be (laughs) a first yeah yeah captain would be mike tyson out there you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Well, and and um, Wardo's buddy Woodland, I think a couple years ago uh, would have would have maybe stood up to to, to uh, before he got skinny and wanted to see his all, abs again. Oh my god, he got all skinny, and you know, I, I don't know. I like a little frumpy. You know, yeah. I, I asked him when I saw him at Hilton Head last year. It was the first tournament back, and I almost didn't recognize him. And I I said, "Did you have to buy all new clothes?" He said, "I need to," but then he showed me his pants and. I mean, he was having to create loops on the on the buckle. Those pants were so big. Amazing. He, he lost, what, 20, 25 pounds at that time? I don't know. if he, It looks like he's put a little bit back on. Yeah, so he looks a little more. He looks a little less uh, wiry, but, you know, he needs uh, – Yeah. Him and Bryson sure went opposite directions during the old COVID, but um, – And so did their we'll games. See. Well, exactly, so <laughs> – yeah. Well, I did get a text yeah. from him last night after he missed the old cut down at uh, the players, and he said, hey, get ready. We're going on another trip back down to um, Turks Turks oh. after the Masters. I said, well, are they even going to let you play in the Masters? No, just kidding. Did he get a little sensitive since the U.S. Open, um, Bordo? No, I think he's good. We need to get him back on the show. Yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll, we'll both go to Turks. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you get the maybe we'll have Lisa join us as the uh, you know our third yeah. co-host. But listen, our other co-host is, is George Brett. He's not with us today, and so we're we're this is actually more of a job interview, Lisa, than it is a, a you know like a guest interview. So George is out. Okay. You're in. Okay. Um, please Did send you us say George Brett. George Brett. Yeah. yeah, he's he's our other. Oh guy. okay. Yeah. Oh okay. He, the he is a, he, he is real, a character. The George Brett. The George Brett. Yeah. Yep, the, the okay. guy. He's our resident co-host, uh, guest co-host, but sometimes we don't let him because he likes to talk a lot. We want our, our guests to tell their story. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, those, those former athletes, you know, you just can't get them to shut up. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> all right. So, good story. Good right, story. Let's do this. Let's take a sh- short commercial break. When we come back, um, we've got some, uh, I won't say deeper questions, but but again, um, I, I think we have to tell, hey, but listen, this show's all about fun. This this, this we're, we're not turning this into uh, this week with... Um, Tim Russert, okay, or George Stepanopoulos. <laughs> this is this is a, a, a lot of fun. But hey, guys, Lisa Cornwell, one of the one of the well, certainly Arkansas's um, daughter. You're unbelievable. We are blessed to have you. Come on back, Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance, claim, and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. 
Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say it, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. Stop. Go. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Off on the ground. ESPN Radio, Sully Wardo and Sinks. Sinks over there on the board, our, our executive producer. He is such a good producer. He's quiet. I think he had a big night last night with some of the boys. Hey, hey, give, give Sinks the mic there for a second. Um, all right, so Sinks, your your pops down at the, um, he's down in Florida, right? He is. He's down at the players right now. Hey, uh, all right, and, and what's he doing with the players? Who who do you uh, who do you have a nice supper with last night? Uh, I think he was with Patrick Reed's caddy. He was telling me some good stories about them over there playing. All the caddies, I guess, are playing a little. Uh, yeah, they have a little tournament. part three tournament by themselves. And then he was with um, Michael Collins. ESPN caddy. Oh, yeah. He had oh, boy. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 by the way, uh, Wardo, um, our boy Fleener um, knocked one within two feet on uh, during the uh, caddy. Did he turn. stuff it? I didn't see that. He stuffed Good it. for him. Yeah. And uh, Harry Higgs was up there just, you know, because they're lovers. They're just a bromance. Oh, yeah. So he was very proud of his Kentucky boy. So, all right. Hey, welcome back. Off on Under- Underground ESPN. Right? We're with uh, Lisa Cornwell. We're having a great conversation she's trying to um trying to help me sell this game to my my family which i've totally failed and um and it maybe it's because you know to model the game you actually have to be good at it and um and lisa you know i I used to be okay you you know like you said in my research that probably your best game was in your late teens mid-teens right that was the same for me. I mean, I was knocking down championships, you know, like caddy tournaments and, you know, putt-putts and all that stuff. And then I got a little back roll, like a little back fat. And then things slowed down for me. Um, and, and I'm not that good anymore. And so I want you two now to talk about these, this, the, the, the golf swing itself. So, Wardo, you said that you had tips for Lisa, which I, I find hard to believe because are you in the University of Kansas Hall of Fame, Kevin? No, but I guess I need to age a little bit based off of she says that's a requirement. I'm getting up there. I mean, Lisa. By the way, he only just got engaged, and he's in his late thirties. So he, he held I'm a off. slow. Oh. I'm a slow learner. Yeah. He, All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. So, so what are you seeing now? You're breaking down Lisa's uh, golf swing, uh, Kevin. Please tell us what you're seeing here. You know, I like a lot of it. I'm just taking a look. I think the face is extremely neutral at the top. It uh, matches the back of her left hand very nicely. I think in order to get her to rotate or not slide, I'd like to get her to go left through the hitting zone more, kind of feel punchy and hold off through it. But all in all, from down the line, I kind of like it. Yeah, that's what I usually say to people down the line. You would you would be okay. It's, it's the face-on view that you start to see the many flaws. And I, I, when I played a lot, I could just, you know, you learn how to manipulate things, right, just to, to make it work. But my issues are really always what they have been and 
mine is lack of rotation. It always has been. It, it there's way too much lateral move in it. I know it, but it when you do it for so long, rotating feels like I'm going. 120 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. That's what it feels like. I, I feel like I'm going to miss the ball. Well, so, you, could, you could maybe think about to help you rotate and get into the ground a little bit more, maybe get rid of those slippers. I mean, I only have one uh, sample to see, <laughs> maybe get out of those slippers and into something a little more stable. Oh, you're okay. I know what the videos are watching. I actually had about a bottle and a half of wine and, and I think nice. I did rotate. That one. Yeah, that yeah. one was money. I was, well, you and Soli are going to get along well when we have a hit and giggle at some point because Soli loves to play with a little sauce. Yeah, yeah back nine, Soli. Oh. Yeah, you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, look at that at the top of yeah. the backswing. I could hang my laundry on that. That's so good. <laughs> All right, I'm well, done geeking that, out. <laughs> that downswing's actually, like I said, decent because I rotated. It's the other one, but anyway. Maybe that's just it. I just need to be. I just need to get a bottle of Johnny Walker, and every time I go to the range, that's the secret. Exactly. I, I don't need the George Jenkins, the G box. No. I need. I need the, the Johnny Walker. Yeah, the Johnny Walker juice. Well, and we said we're trying yeah. to make the game less stiff. And it, certainly a six-pack of White Claws by the eighth hole, that's that's what we're getting at, right? <laughs> or by the fifth, whatever. Right. Hey, do you think it's um, <laughs> wrong to hide your own booze in your golf bag when you go out there or you're supposed to maybe pay the bartender? Cause, because I'm struggling with this right now. You know, I'm breaking rules. You know, bringing the bottle of Tito's back there, slipping it into a little yeah. Gatorade and the Yeti. You know, no one knows, right? No one yeah. knows. I mean, is that no? I like that. What do you think? Is that? Um, I mean, is that screwing up the the golf game? And you know, would um, no, no. I would say if it, you know, if you're doing that with beer, that would be a little bit over the top. But you know, if you're like me and you're putting a triple into the styrofoam cup, right? I mean, it's you know that. That gets pricey. Yeah, so yeah, that's convenient. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We don't right. need these country club mm-hmm. owners to be any richer than they are. It's all about the commoners, you and I, getting cocked on Tito's, all right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> makes it makes the game better. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey! Listen. So, you, you, since January first, you you had mentioned you've got a little extra time on your your hands. Your your illustrious mm-hmm. career. Um, at, at the uh, golf channel is uh, golf central is, is, is behind you. Now you're, f- you're planting flowers in the garden in Florida. You're playing a little bit of golf. What, what's the next, what's the next phase for my girl, Lisa? I honestly have, have no idea. Uh, I really don't. I, I get asked that a lot right now. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what the, what the next thing is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably, putting a, a nail in the coffin in terms of my golf broadcasting career, what's going on, but that's okay. Um, you know, I, and also I've done, I've done a, a lot at, at golf channel. I mean, there really isn't anything that I wish that I would have done and to be able to go out there and, and, and be at these tournaments and interview some of the best players in the world on the men's and women's side, be involved in, in bringing the NCAAs, up the way that it really has in terms of fans and viewers being able to see how good those players are at that age. It just, I hate to say that I, that I don't miss it. I, I sit here, of course, I'm watching golf as we speak. That will never stop. I mean, I, I love the game tremendously and I will always be involved in it. I just don't know what that next 
involvement is. But it's going to be something that I love and something that I'm passionate about, hopefully something that helps grow the game and is meaningful to me. And I don't, but that's still, I mean, my only plan right now, like I told you guys, is to plant some flowers this afternoon. <laughs> that's great. That's a hell of a plan. And, and maybe, and maybe now go work on on the tip. I'll go in the garage. I have a you know a net out there and, and a mat, and if I can take some face on videos and. Yeah, send with. them send them up Monday. to me. I'll be I'll be hanging out, okay. maybe having a Tito's okay. Tito's remotely right. and breaking down the action. And Lisa, Done. stroke his ego, please. I mean, just you know, he, even if what he's saying is complete bullshit, just nod your head and say, "Wow, I hadn't thought of that." Right? Throw a few of those. At him. Nobody's ever said that. To yeah. Before. Oh my god! I've never thought of it that way. No idea. Never, really. So, so, so Lisa, on a serious note, what what would you want the listeners to know or kind of a takeaway? Obviously, there's been been a lot going on with with Golf Channel and kind of in your departure that that many know about. But what what do you want? What do you want the listeners or how how do you want to change? Let's call it corporate America um, and kind of the, the what what has fueled your kind of bad experience per se. Well, and I would say you start with a summary, right? So, so just give the, the quick, I know you're probably sick of, of talking about the exit, but it's, you know, it's important to talk about, but a lot of listeners aren't aware of what happened. So maybe a little summary and then to Kev's point, you know, what's, what's the lesson? Oh, well, how long's the show? <laughs> as long, <laughs> when as long as you want. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll give the cliff notes version. Yeah. Like I had been very vocal about many things that happened. And I think that, first of all, hopefully anybody who ever watched me on, on Golf Channel knows that, number one, I love the game. Number two, I have a long history in the game. And number three, I have credibility in the game because of just how much it has been part of my life. And um, I, I honestly, I was I was really relieved. And like, I get it. When I, when I went to Golf Channel and it was a woman who hired me who who is the still the executive producer it was it was exciting for me and it was a relief for me because I had been in local television I had been in the network and like a lot of my I would say most of my experiences were good but it you know as a woman in sports and and I I understand everybody has to prove him or herself women in sports have to do it a little bit more I'm okay with that I realize that a lot of people get into this job and really don't have the knowledge or the understanding or the passion for, for any, whatever sport it is, the way a lot of people who get these jobs are. So, mm-hmm. but to be able to go to golf channel with, with my background and a, a female running the production side of, of the company was exciting. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll have more credibility than ever before. I'll be able to, to this this will just be easier in terms of the fight for having basic equality, I guess, in terms of assignments and positions and roles and that. Um, some things happen that I've detailed in terms of just calling out fairness, seeing things that, that I don't think are right. I, I've always been outspoken about that. I never thought that that would, would, stop me from moving up the ladder. I guess I just never thought about it in that regard. I'd always challenge people. And that's kind of how I grew up, not challenged in a bad way, but 
discussion, debate, this is right, this is wrong. And the more that I did that along the way in terms of maybe how another person was treated, I've talked about the new analyst who uh, my boss at the time sort of talked about openly at a dinner, challenged him on that. Certain other things happened. There's a lot to the story. So many different things that happened. I got pulled off of an assignment unexpectedly. So, of course, I had a challenge that got put back on. There were just a lot of little things that kept happening that I had never really faced before. And then it got to the point where uh, the issue that I've talked about with Chambly happened. And, look, I, I had an issue. He had an issue with me from day one. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there was just something about me that maybe rubbed him the wrong way. I don't know. I never had any thing against him I've always gotten along with all the analysts no matter if it's Big Ten Network or or other analysts at Golf Channel and that incident happened in August of, of 2018 and look I mean it, he was right I, it was my error like I the graphic that came up it was a strokes game and I think it was a graphic that he wanted and for some reason it just didn't register I was having trouble seeing it for the first time and just putting words into it so I just kind of laid out so he could take over. Well, he threw his arms up in the air and just acted like, you know, a child. Mm. And so I, I, after the show, I was, I was upset about it. Called, called, I guess who was my boss at the time. Look, here's, here's the biggest part of the story that I think has been missed. I ended up, I had the person right above me, who's Mark Summer, who I talked about the person above him who was, doesn't have a TV background. He's he's a, a writer. He came in as a as the editor for GolfChannel.com. His name's Jeff Russell. Well, his wife and Golf Channel. His wife is Molly Solomon, the executive producer. They ended up putting him in a role where he was the person who I reported to, but his wife is the head of production. So. Look, I can tell you this, and this is something that everybody, I think, if, if you could blind, if you could put up a, a blinder and talk to them about it, it made no sense, the nepotism that existed. So what happened when I upset Jeff over this issue with Chamberlain? He shouldn't have been upset. What I wanted to do, what I wanted him to do was fix it because it was ridiculous that, that Brandel and I continued to have this problem. I wanted Jeff to sit us down and say, yeah. look, let's work through this. You guys may occasionally have to have to work together. What's the problem? Why, what, why is this happening? Yeah. But instead he, he, I went to him and I guess that he must've talked to Brandel. I don't know, but everything in terms of how I was received by Jeff, and his wife from that point changed. And I mean completely changed. The way that she communicated with me changed. The way that he stopped communicating with me changed. And look, your parents always, you know, if, if you're close with them and they're observers, they'll tend to give you the best advice. Well, a few months later when I got the, the assignments for the NCAA Women's championship at the University of Arkansas, where I just gotten notified that I was being inducted into the Arkansas Golf Hall of Fame, where I grew up playing golf. It was in my hometown. First time that the university had ever hosted an NCAA championship. And I had always hosted the women's mm -hmm. NCAA championships. I loved it. It was 
it was something that I was really proud of. And just think, now it's in my hometown where I was the first scholarship player in program history. I get an email, a scheduling email for that championship, and nobody talked to me. There had never been an issue with my hosting. There had never been anything. In fact, all my reviews were great that I was being demoted from a host to a reporter, and George Favaricus was going to host the women's championship. Gosh. And, I mean, obviously, I was upset. I mean, I was clearly upset. But the fact that after all those years at Golf Channel, that nobody had the decency to even talk to me about it. Look, Chantel McCabe normally was the reporter for the men's and women's college championship. She knew. They they talked to her. They said, look, Lisa's going to report the women's. You're going to report the men's. They, They told her. Nobody had a conversation with me. It just Jeez. was an email. And at that point, I mean, I was, I was, I was a combination of just extremely pissed off. Doesn't even yeah. properly describe it. To really heartbroken. I mean, I had written the letter to the NCAA on behalf of Arkansas and the blessings to get that championship there. It was in my backyard <laughs> and. And, and for them to show that lack, I mean, yeah. they should have just handed me the email with their middle fingers stuck up because that's basically what it was. It's the biggest professional punch in the gut. And for them to try to tell me that that wasn't personal, it, it was professional, and that's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, anybody yeah, has right. a break. Yeah, right. Exactly right. what that was. All right. So, so, one, w- w- all right, so, so once you, you t- took your um, – our deep breath, maybe a little shot of Johnny Walker, and you got to come back at him. How did that go down? Because your frustration is very real. You don't have to know golf. All you Listen, people deal with this in corporate America all the time, right? Where you get the middle manager who doesn't have your back. You got the person above that. I mean, this, is, this happens male and female. And, right. and heck, even in my, you know, I would say 10 years into my corporate career, you know, I, I face the same thing. And I, I like yeah. you, have the tendency to just up their ass, right? And now, yeah. and I look back on some of these conversations, I say, well, geez, maybe I should have gone at it a different way. I don't know. How did you handle it? And are, are you happy with what your response was? Oh, I was fired up. I mean, I went into, I, I went in there and immediately stormed into Mark Summers' office and started. And my main thing was, how could you send me an email on this? How yeah. could you not have a decency? Wimpy. Just to talk that to is people? wimpy. Like, it was. They're, they're cowards. is what they yeah. are. And, I, you know, how do you not just say, if, if you're trying to make this kind of decision, at least have the guts to say it to my face. Yeah, and so 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 tell me about the response. So how, I don't know how you defend that, right? So how would I? So if I did this, knowing when I, I press send that this is the wimpiest thing I could possibly do, knowing that he's going to have that conversation with you, how did he defend that? He didn't. I went into his office and he just sat there with a smirk on his face. And I, look, I have the, I have three quotes on my computer that I look at every day to remind myself not that i need reminding but it's really motivation of just how awful they were and i'll never forget sitting in his office and just telling him how you know how can you do this this is unbelievable and i'm pissed off he just sat over there really with kind of a smirk on his face and 
of what had happened before in another incident, not just me calling him out about what he did with the analyst and the anxiety. This was his gotcha moment in my mind. And he said, in, in reference to George, we just think he's better than you. That oh. was what he said to me. Oh. And I still have it written. I mean, I, you know, it's one of these things. I just have these three things. And then so I left Mark's office, and I'd never had an issue with Jeff Russell. Not one. I didn't know that he had a temper. I went to his office next door thinking that Jeff will fix this because he had fixed it the last time Mark took me off the tournament unjustifiably. And this time it was a different Jeff Russell. And the mm. first thing that he said to me when I was talking to him about scheduling, the very first thing, and I was dumbfounded, he la- started laying into me about the stupid Chambly thing, say, you know, saying that he had talked to everybody and he had talked to Brandel and Brandel, you know, he said, it's just another mistake that you made and saying all this stuff. I was I was like, you're, I'm not in here about this. I said, that was three months mm-hmm. ago. You had your opportunity to fix it, and you didn't. Yep. So, but he, and then he brought Mark in there, and then they're laying into me about the Chambly thing. And then they don't start going into NCAA saying, we don't assign people to work tournaments based on where they're from. And I just looked at him. I said, where they're from? <laughs> this isn't about where I'm from, Jeff. This is about, first of all, this is a role that I've always had, that I've always had, um, very good reviews on. Well, and it's a it's a dumb business. Well, just it's a dumb business move because you have knowledge uh, that no one would have growing up in this. You know where you were, and, and so so I, I don't know. I mean, looking at it from purely, but I tell you, I want but, this insight. But not to mention when, like the last several years, call it the last decade, five years, it's been fun to it's been fun to watch golf and the and kind of the new kind of the way they're doing the college uh, NCAAs and to have a, a, yeah. a woman, a gal that played it at Arkansas, plays at a high level to run, like that's part of the reason why I, I'm going to tune in, right? Okay, Not, and, and with no disrespect to Savarikas, but, you know, like I want to see Lisa. I'm a fan. Well, well, the, the biggest thing that I think stands out to me in a story like this, you know, and I'll go back to – the corporate world goes through this crap all the time. It is so wimpy. Um, for for let's say uh, Shambly starts bitching and moaning. Okay, you have one little episode that there isn't a leader in that organization who will do what you said they should have done. Let's nip this thing in the butt. Let's sit down. Let's talk like adults. Let's identify what the issue is because we can probably solve this thing really quick rather than let it fester and then you hold it in the back pocket like a trump card to use against you in a moment like this. That is called horrible leadership. It's ridiculous. It's dumb and it happens all over the place, right? So if you want to hide, you want a problem to get big, do exactly what these guys did. They should write a book on how to suck at uh, <laughs> at getting people to communicate. Really? Well, look, it's it's that's why these issues are happening. That's why not only am I speaking out, but eighteen other women jo- join me in the Washington Post article. That's why twenty four women from the union recently joined it because they all get it and they all understand that this is this is the culture. Now, look, it's. I will say, obviously, this is a, a female thing. I won't say that there were certain things with that I faced that were female. My bigger issue is more of just this retaliation and things right. that I knew that was happening. 
for speaking up for myself and for other people. And the more that I get into this, I mean, it's, I can't tell you, it is story after story after story of this person spoke out against this and two months later she was gone. And it's unfortunate because there, there are so many people who are under NDAs who cannot speak Mm. and want to speak and they just, they, they silence them. Look, they silenced me during the thing. When the Mizuno thing happened and I got sent home by Jeff Russell from ANA after he cussed me out on the phone and I, I never even raised my voice with him. I just told him he was cussing me out, yelling at me. And I said, look, I'm going to hang up the phone. Okay. I don't have to take this. So I hung it up and Mark Summer, I mean, they're all the same players, right? Every, it wasn't like it was the same people. This stuff kept happening, which made everything so obvious. Yeah. Mark Summer called me and said, Lisa, you have to call Jeff back. I said, no, I don't. I said, if Jeff, if he wants to communicate with me, he can do so via text or email, and I'll be happy to, but I'm not getting on the phone with him. Mark called me 10, 10, 10 minutes later and said that Jeff wanted me to go home. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Because I wouldn't take because I wouldn't take a phone call after Lisa. You're 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 not dainty enough. Would you dainty it up a little bit, sister? I don't like the attitude right now. Okay. What if my daughters are listening to this and they hear this this sort of 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 passion and enthusiasm? And do you you have an opinion? What are you nuts? And the other thing that I'm I think. After looking at, well, being a fan of yours on Golf Central and understanding that a, a big part of this problem was coming from Brandel Chambly, I think he was jealous of your haircut. And um, <laughs> I think it, that, you know, we try to provide solutions here on the underground. That's That was it. I think he's jealous that you know more and you have better action than he does. He, and I lettuce, think you hit it far, though. No, it's a lettuce he's got thing. The, yeah. He's got the absolute bunts. His five, six frames got the bunts and... Cornwell hits it past him. But let's be honest, he's edgy. I mean, he's... Well, it sounds he like he runs... the envelope. sounds like he's the... C, he runs Golf Channel. He's the David Bowie of, of the PGA. What are you talking about? <laughs> totally creative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, listen. Let's do this. Let's, oh, let's, my God. This is great. <laughs> All right, let, let's take it. talk every day? Absolutely. Let's, listen, this, this is therapy for all of us, believe me. Yeah, it is. Wardo's going to go into the I'm kitchen. I'm going to go pour Walker right now. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, Wardo's going to the flowers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw the flowers today. All right, come on. We're having a great time with Lisa Cornwell, <laughs> Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Looking for Casey's best and coolest apartment experience? We have it, and it's called the Flats Casey. The Flats KC is committed to providing an exemplary living experience by offering the best in-class residential communities in the most sought-after neighborhoods in Kansas City. With a focus on meticulous restoration and renovations of vintage properties, we aim to take the beauty of vintage and seamlessly unite it with modern touches. If you love urban living and are in the market for a freshly renovated apartment, the Flats Kansas City has options to fit every price range. Check us out at theflatskc.com or give us a call today at 816-454-3118. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Hey, Doc, golf season's over. My back is killing me. I know it's football season, so you got a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems. And then, of course, those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group 
in Kansas City. Well, if you want to see the guys in town who've had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them, make sure that they're getting the results they need. Okay. And so the three things that separate you, number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you're actually listen. Where can I learn more? Because you got me all in and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time. At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840. Hi, this is George Brett, Hall of Fame baseball player, and I've been playing golf for over 35 years. Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship-caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and spin. I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at celebritygreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right in your own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Cornwell, University of Arkansas, three-time All-American on the Golf Underground. <laughs> all right, Lisa, you're all, um, you're, you're, now you're in casual mode. You said, screw the flowers. You're not planting the flowers today. You're going to kick back, have a cocktail with the boys. Hang on. Let me get, I got my white claw here. Ah. <laughs> So, uh, a hard question for you. If you had a choice between the natural line, the ruby red grapefruit, or the black cherry, which would be your choice? None. I huh? don't think I've ever tried a white claw. Oh, oh it's like a truly, only a little only nicer. Better. Yeah, a little nicer. You got to yeah. try it. Yeah. All right. We'll send you. Send me your address. We're going to send you a box of. We're going to send you a okay. box of white claws. Okay. Mm. Or better yet, okay. Soli will pack him in his bag tonight and just drop him off. Hey, maybe they can become a sponsor. This segment is brought to you by White Claw. <laughs> if you're looking to play better on the back nine, White Claws for you. <laughs> All right, so uh, Elise, you know, no, we we had a nice segment last segment. We, you know, we 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 um, we we're in full support, sister. And I, again, I say this not only as a you know, I, I want my son to be confident, but certainly my two daughters. I want them to wherever they go. I want them to speak up. I want them to, to to have the exact same choices as everybody else. And so I would say for you, girl, keep going. Screw them, right? Keep going because there's girls that are hearing these things, and it absolutely matters. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit because we're going to go to the fun side of your career. Wardo and I are like two phony you know, radio podcast guys who you know, occasionally are exposed to, to the big wigs, but in your, uh, in your life, you've been able to interview and be around some really cool folks. And when the camera's off, you're able to kind of get the inside scoop on who they are. Who really has blown you away over your years doing this? You know, certainly you've got the obvious names, but, and, and maybe those are the ones who blew you away, but, but get us into the fun part of this thing. You mean blow me away in, in what way? 
Well, just you're like, holy cow, I just interviewed this person and I've learned this about them. Or again, maybe even when the interview wasn't happening, this person is really fill in the blank. I mean, Ooh, like, boy. I mean, you gotta be a little starstruck. No, or you've been around it too long. You're too close to it now. Yeah, no, I, now, yes. I mean, now nobody, you know, after a certain number of years, but certainly in the beginning, um, my gosh. All of them. I mean, I remember the first time that I interviewed. There were only two interviews that I had that were extremely intimidating. And intimidating in a way that I was, I was just intimidated by them. And it's, it's, it's weird because um, one was Phil Mickelson. Because I just didn't know how he would respond to me. And so, and then on the women's side, Suzanne Pedersen, for obvious reasons, because Suzanne could Phil Mickelson's ass, <laughs> you know, or anybody. It's like you do not want to upset Suzanne Pedersen. I think she just bogeyed the eighteenth, so you could see sort of the fire in her, in her eyes. But she was great, and and Phil was fine too. Um, but those were intimidating. I mean, I was starstruck when I when I interviewed Nancy Lopez just because I was a little yeah, girl. Right. I was, I mean, she was she was my hero. And then my very first trip that I took. Four Golf Channel was out to Palm Springs for Humana. Uh, I guess now it's Career, or no, now it's Amex. I can't keep up. That one changes a lot. But um, sitting next to Nick Faldo, because after when I grew up as a, as a younger player, Nancy Lopez was just it for me. But then I started taking lessons from Ledbetter, and Nick Faldo was winning everything, and I tried to model everything in, in my golf game after Nick Faldo, including the clubs that he played. And so that was, I just could not believe that I was sitting next to, to Nick Faldo. I do tell the story of Nancy Lopez. I did a golf channel academy with her. And when I got home, it was about an hour drive from my home. And she kind of had the same drive, maybe a little bit shorter. And she sent me a text message. And I just looked at my phone and it said, text message, Nancy Lopez. And I screenshot it. Ding, 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 and ding. Sent it to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like it was, the most unbelievable, and I still have a picture of that screenshot. But yeah, I will say this: Nancy's one of the people who called me after all this stuff really? started happening. I can't tell you how much it meant to me. I'll never forget being in my car and just having a, a twenty or thirty minute conversation with her. And it's those relationships with you know with people you grew up idolizing that you really appreciate. I look back and like I tell you these these horror stories or these things that drove me away from from my job, but there were so many great stories. I made so many good friends and not just, not just the athletes or not just the, the professional golfers, but people I worked on air with people I worked off air with people who ran cameras that did all the hard work. I had a message from a guy yesterday who was our audio guy out at live tournaments. And I miss those people. Yeah. I mean, they really become your friends and, and you care about them. And I will say that I miss that more than I miss, miss being at tournaments for the players yeah no that 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 makes sense right because those are the those are probably the people also had your back too you know that would that would be yeah. my, my sense um but it is you know i i just think it's such a cool 
to, for you to be able to um, do what you did at Arkansas and then it becomes your career, you know, you got into broadcasting, you could have been a high-powered uh, um, lawyer. I mean, you could have been Johnny Cochran for crying out loud, right? I mean, <laughs> you had you had choices in your life and, and some might say it's because you had connections because the word on the street is your father um, as a, 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 a very uh, important cousin named uh, Bill Clinton. And so, you know, you come from a quite a stock. Yeah, I wish that I had his intellect. Um, but yeah, I mean, and like Bill, Bill and I have always been really close because he loves the game as much as all of us do. And so I'm fortunate in that and got to see so many great things. I mean, just really history. I wish that I'd been a little bit older because I was in my late teens and early 20s when he was president. And it's so funny now. I mean, politics was different back then. I mean, I miss it because now you talk politics and everybody's like, oh, Bill Clinton, well, we hate you, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, right, or, you're, right. or you're related, whatever. But right. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, what was yeah, that like, was though? Really, but what was it like um, being around him? Well, I mean, it changed after he went from governor to being president. I mean, I remember we played we played golf, I went down to Little Rock, he was still governor, even though he had just been elected, it was Christmas Day, I went down, and it was during the transition, and, and we played golf, it was fleeting out and snowing, but it was really my first experience with the Secret Service, Wow! and so everything obviously really changed, and then when he was in the White House, I mean, it was just, to be able to, to go through there, and stay there, and to to ride to him to the golf course in a presidential motorcade, oh there's nothing gosh. like it, I mean, it's... <laughs> You know, everything just stops, and it's, it, I really can't explain it, and I go back, and I think, and, you know, I look at all these old photos, I wish that I'd had an iPhone back then, mm. to where you could really show things, because I, you know, on my old whatever camera I have, you know, take pictures in the Lincoln bedroom of the original Lincoln Penny, and just no different way. things, but, yeah, it was, you know, it was. Did you, so, did um, you stay there? It was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would go up there. I would stay. I probably went up there on weekends three or four times a year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was it was great. And I always stayed in the in the same room. And I mean, again, I wish that I'd been older just to really experience it, because obviously it's such a special place in terms of of the history and to be able to be a little bit older and, and appreciate it more um would have been great i will tell you this this is my funny white house story so i had some friends go up and they were staying at a hotel and i was staying at white house and they but bill invited them over to watch a movie so i had a group of friends we were in the movie theater and he's loving it he's passing out popcorn they're like i can't believe this president's doing this but it's you know he loved it when he just had a normal experience where you're not having to entertain you know heads of state and right. things like that so it's passing out popcorn, getting blankets, like he's the ultimate host. Well, they we watched Fight Club, I'll never forget. And they were leaving the White House to go back to their hotel, which was really close. And so I walked them out the Northwest Gate, and then I was going inside because Bill had to take a call. I think, Sunny, it was with Boris Yeltsin. Oh, my gosh. And so I know, right? Like, these are <laughs> stories that but I only tell the story because oh. – I, I walked them out, and this is how little even I knew. So I'm walking back on the on the little sidewalk that you walk back in, in front of the front portico, and they're at the gate, and one of my friends says, hey, Lisa, I think that she'd forgotten something in there. So I just cut across the, the lawn to go 
to talk to her at the gate. And all of a sudden I hear this, all these lights come on. This man, I mean, this megaphone man gets down on the ground. Get down on the oh ground. my gosh. Secret service who is, they're not the normal secret service that you see in the suits. They're actually in, yeah. in here. Up top. They start coming toward me. There are sensors in the grass that I didn't know about. Holy and cow. so they have to take me to the north. I mean, I took 30 minutes just to get me clearance because I didn't have any identification except for my all a badge. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my best white house story. Oh my I gosh. Got, hey, thank, I thank God that, that was pre nine 11. You'd have been, you'd have oh been capped. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. cow. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so I've been causing trouble. I've been causing trouble. For <laughs> I was just going to say Everywhere. that I was saying, you know what? I see a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yep. I think Brandel, you know what, Brandel saw something. He's, you know what, you're, you're like a terrorist. That's the problem. Yeah, that is. I know. I'm very, I'm very intimidating. He, he uh, thought you were going to hijack his show. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've caused trouble everywhere. Mouthy yeah, chick. I'm a troublemaker. Yeah. That's what I joke. Well, I'm, hey, I'm a you know, but just, you know, hearing these stories, um, it, there might be some really good stuff that comes out of phases like this in our life, right? So when I'm not doing this, I work with companies, right? I wrote a leadership book. I wrote a sales communication book. And a lot of it is about what you were describing is how do you cut through bullshit and communicate honestly with each other, right? It, and, and it's not really a hard formula. But I do know this. A lot of folks who go through phases in their life where you leave one career and you have no idea what's coming to the next, it's scary as hell. But it's it's there's a little sick pit in your stomach. It's adrenaline, right? It's like it's a gift from God. Yeah. There, there's 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 great things. But my hope for you is that you sit back and you look back and say, "Holy crap!" You know, it's little stories like time with Bill Clinton and and the people you've gotten to spend time with um, through the tour. At some point, I hope you you give yourself a pat on the back and say, "You know what? Ah, phase two may be coming. Phase one was pretty damn good." Yeah. I, look, I don't have any regrets. And that's what I really want people to know. I mean, it, they hear a lot of this stuff that I'm saying. I'm not bitter. I mean, I'm really not. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in a way that a lot of people aren't. I mean, like, I knew that this was coming. I knew that what I was doing by filing this EEOC thing with Golf Channel was the end of my career. I didn't care. Yeah. And because I knew that it was coming, I was able to set myself up. I had a couple of rental houses that I sold just so I could take some time to sort of figure out. A lot of these people weren't in that position. And I, by these people, I mean women who have come forward with me in this. And, and I, I consider myself fortunate because I do have a little bit of time to figure out that they didn't. And so my heart goes out to them. That's why I want to do whatever I can to figure out how to help them and and give them a voice and make this better. But, you know, the support from everybody, um, you know, on social media, from you all, from, from them. I mean, it really has been, it's been uplifting and I don't regret any of it. So yeah, I do. Amen. I do think about phase two, but I'm really fortunate for phase one. Yeah. Well, Lisa, you know what the best thing other than the game of golf is? Being an entrepreneur in the game of golf. And I got a feeling that that's where this thing's going to head. And we're going to help <laughs> you figure that out. <laughs> okay, I mean maybe so, maybe 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 I could create the training aid that actually fixes my problem. Yes. Maybe that's it. Yes. Gonna, no more G box. <laughs> We're gonna go with the corn box. 
<laughs> the corn, corn box. I'm going to text Genghis and tell him he has competition. The Watch, corn box. Yeah, I got <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, that's good. That, that's, is, that is good. Buy that URL like right a, now. Oh. I'm just a branding genius. Let's scoop it up before oh, before I'm, Lisa gets to it. Quick, let's keep her. I'll keep her on the line. Go buy the URL. <laughs> hey, can corn I be the voiceover? I could be like a little Billy Mays. I'll just kind of you know just in the background a little bit. Hired. Done. He's nineteen ninety five. Yeah, he's, he's pretty talented. Oh yeah, really talented. Okay, so uh, Wardo, um, because I do have to get to the airport here. We're gonna take one more short, short commercial break. We're gonna come back. Your favorite segment? No, this is the uh, rapid fire, where uh, Kevin will ask you, um, you know, some random questions, and um, uh, he really doesn't prepare much, so he has no clue what's gonna come out of his mouth. So let's say a brief hail mary. Hey, we're with Lisa Cornwell, golf underground, ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300. New golf clubs, a big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open, or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on. No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. Do you have retirement dreams about perfecting your swing and spending your time on the green? Or maybe you have a bucket list of golf courses you'd like to travel to. Whatever your financial goals are, Mariner Wealth Advisors is your advocate. We take the same care in understanding where you stand today as we do in understanding where you want to be in the future. Then we help you set a personalized plan to help you achieve your long-term vision. Contact Mariner Wealth Advisors today to start your financial planning journey. Visit MarinerWealthAdvisors.com to find a location near you. Mariner Wealth Advisors, otherwise known as MWA, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. For additional information about MWA, including fees and services, please contact MWA or refer to the disclosures on our website. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money. This advertisement should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities. Welcome back, Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Lisa Cornwell is in the building. Well, not in the building. She's in some building in happy Florida where I will be 
Well, that's a couple hours. I'll be heading down there, Wardo, thinking of you in the miserable, cold, 50-degree weather of Kansas City. I just don't like you right now. You yeah. say I never bring you on my fancy trips. You don't take me on yours. You, listen, you like did your little humble brag right at the start of the program. <laughs> oh, Gary didn't make the cut, today, so I'll be into the Turks and Caicos. Who are you? What? You know what he's probably thinking is <laughs> oh like, okay, God. hey, it's a Ryder Cup year. I freaking was in the driver's seat, and now i am been missing cuts, and i got to be with my boy Wardo so I can go on a heater the rest of the year and make that damn team. That's what he's thinking. Hey, you don't um, try to work with his golf swing like you did Lisa today, did you? I mean, do you, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you really make suggestions to him? Of course. I've watched him hit golf balls since he was 14. And what does he do? Does he respond Too much down positively? Co- well, a little bit. He's a little stubborn sometimes. Oh Can you get him to analyze my golf swing? He's he's too dumb, get- Lisa. Trust me, he <laughs> he's too dumb. He knows how to fix himself, I, and that's it. Or he's really selfish. No, I, look, he has the best transition maybe I've ever seen. Yeah. It's. I mean, if I could just. I mean, I love his golf swing overall, but the best transition maybe in the game of golf ever. So when he shows up at Kansas, he's a raw basketball player. He's got no clue how to play the game except he could hit it a country mile. He would show up. He thought he was a different ethnicity at the time, and he would wear gold chains. And so we had to coach him up on style, golf. There you go again. See, you're part of the establishment. Lisa, (laughs) we got to fix him first. Did you see how he dropped that? Gold chains, you know? We had oh to get him into tell him, No, tell him to go back to that. See, that's what right, I'm talking about. Right. Well, there you go. Maybe Kevin, we'll get him a sleeve. Kevin Chambly let's at get the him golf a, stable. Let's get him a sleeve tat. Let's get him a sleeve tat and go from there. All right. Yeah. All but right. no, so we, we go to Titleist in uh, 2003, and he's just a raw, I think, freshman, sophomore at the time. He gets ball speed up to, which back then seemed crazy, was I think it was at 193. He bought. Wow. He brought what the driver. Year? This was 2003. Dang. He brings the driver incredible. back that they fit him for t- at Titleist, and he proceeds to hit five balls out of bounds, and he goes back to the X100 shaft that he had in his, his current gamer. Wow. So, but anyhow, he'll get it. Wow. So, so switching gears, what's your take on, obviously, Tigers had a, a another issue um, off the course. What's your take on, will he return to golf? If so, will he have success? You know, I don't know that I have a take. I'm just, I'm heartbroken for him. Um, I can't imagine what he's going through right now. The The injury just seems awful. And I know how happy he, he's been. And I think that that's been, I think that's been the best part of watching Tiger. And just watching him be a little bit more humble, a little bit more human, a little bit more just, you know, different from, from what it was like. And I get that he was Tiger Woods because of the intensity. And he's backed away from that as a, as a dad. And look, he's been humbled publicly too, right? Because of his personal experiences, but he's, he's come through it. And, 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 He's been a better person because of that. He's been a better friend and father. And I, I just, I'm heartbroken for him right now because I know he's, he's in a big battle. And I just hope that, I hope is, I hope he's doing okay in terms of 
just how he's feeling about it and the long road ahead of rehab. Will he play golf again? I have no idea. We don't know the extent of his injuries. It doesn't sound good in terms of especially the ankle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know how much force this game puts on that part of your body, especially as you get into your mid-40s. But, like, I just – I hope that he gets back to that place where we see the tiger smile, whether mm-hmm. he's on the golf course or off, because it's – you know, he's, he's influenced a lot of people, not just on the golf course, but, but off it. And he still has a lot to do, I think, in this game and in the world, and, and I'm just – I'm pulling for him. I know that I know that most people are, and that helps. That has to help the psyche for mm-hmm. him. Yep, we wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully he can get get back to Florida, get to recovery and then rehab and all that. So, okay, here we go. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good, feeling good, rapid fire, brought to you on this lovely Saturday afternoon. Are you ready, Lisa Cornwell? I'm ready. Okay, I, I need one word. Quick response when I say these given names, okay? These nine legends. Okay, first and foremost, Nick Faldo. Technician. Bill Clinton. Fun-loving. The GOAT himself, Tiger Woods. Needler. Needle. Oh, oh gosh! Can I wish we get we had a, another hour? Can we get a little explanation there? <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's the nobody needles you like like Tiger. He's a needler, and every every guy on tour knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. All right. Every, Ask Gary about it. He'll tell you. That's awesome. Everybody's favorite human being, Brandel Chambly. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Do you want to phone a friend? <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> phone a friend. I have some friends that like phone. I can guarantee uh, sure. you that. No, they could do the talking for you. <laughs> no, it's you don't have to. It's time and time again, time and time again. Sally <laughs> says that's his filler. All right, Phil Mickelson, gamer. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City's favorite. Uh, grinder. Yeah. Arkansas legend John Daly. Badass. Kansas wannabe legend Gary Woodland. Smooth. Smooth. By the way, if you he had silk sheets in uh, college. Speaking of smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Nance. Buttery. Buttery Chardonnay. I like it. (laughs) And the person that may or may not be accused more than any tour pro, Patrick Reed. Unafraid. Yeah, really well said. Is that it? That's it. I, was I, a good list. I was going to do nine. I did ten. That's a great list. I mean, sinks over here through in list. it. That was a nice yeah, list. That was nice. All right, so uh, Lisa, this is very good. Yeah, um, this has been a lot of fun. It really, yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Thank you all. You it, um, I did. I wasn't expecting to pour Johnny Walker in the middle of it. I know. I mean, I, was gonna ha- it, I mean, it's 
Yeah, it's it the afternoon. That's right. It's a Saturday afternoon. It, it's yeah. yeah, and and um, you know, we pride our, our, ourselves on um, well, I don't know. We make champions too, right? We make we make people happy. We always have a nice cocktail with them, and and um, you know, I think Wardo, I think we accomplished this with Lisa. I think we made a friend today. You didn't tell you didn't tell her what happens to our guests. Tell her what happens. You tell her. So, Lisa, everybody who comes on the show sometime in the next five-month period, something amazing happens to them, right? Really? Yes. It's off the charts. Unbelievable. Woodland, that was an easy one. He won the U.S. Open. We told him, right? We had JT Poston, he won a a tournament just very briefly after that. Um, We had George Brett. He won a club championship. He won a club championship against Wardo uh, here. And so well, I'm okay. curious, you, uh, can we check back with you in five months uh, when you uh, continue to conquer the planet? And you tell Absolutely. us tell us about this yeah. journey that you were on? Let's check in. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, look, now I'm counting on this to happen, right? <laughs> it's, it's automatic. It's done. It's, we just put the positive yeah. vibes on you. So it's going to be, it's gonna be less than five hours before I get a text with her golf swing on the face on in the garage. Hopefully with a, jo- you'll probably be hitting golf balls off Johnny Walker bottle here in a little bit. <laughs> well, I need to send you one sober because I mean, not that I'm not sober, you know, maybe after a few more, I'll send you one, but you're not really going to get the full face on view because I told you the golf swing tends to get better after a few of these. I need to send you one early when you can really give the full analysis. Although, look, I'm really insecure with the face on video. Oh, come on. Send it to me. I but, won't but look, I but, won't send it all but, over social media, I promise. <laughs> okay. It's, you know, sometimes you just have to get over your insecurities and, and just let it happen. So I'm, I'm willing to go there. Yeah, let's, let's go there. Send it. Okay. Deal. Uh, Deal. All right, Elise, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And, um, you know, um, if you've got any other really cool friends who like to talk for an hour and love a nice libation, you know, maybe tell them to come on the Golf Underground with us. What do you say? Done. I love you guys, too. Go Hogs. All right, sister. Hey, good luck to your team. We had a great time, Wardo. Great Saturday show. Hey, I'm flying out now, baby. You won't see me for a week. I'll send you some pictures, right? Perfect. Have a nice time. All right, great time. Golf Underground. See you next week. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust.